Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Bingo. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. Sluts. Inco. Comma. The track three on Aria's new album feels like the writers of This Is Us write the lyrics. <laughs> Look, I will not engage in any Ari the Rugged Man slander under any circumstance. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I know that man personally. He's, he's, he's so lovely. and uh, He seems like a lovely guy, but it's just <laughs> so freaky. <laughs> like it's just it starts with a a girl getting raped in high school and then killing herself and then follows up with a boy overdosing in heroin in high school and it has this like super corny like dra- drama filled uh music video to go along with it and it has this really white thread acoustic guitarist on it david miles i don't know if anyone knows who that is i did not but uh yeah fun album so far (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's Ari the rugged man's new album uh all his heroes are dead that is Um, true yeah and if Uh, the rugged man was your hero you might feel that way too yeah full disclosure for the fans out there i do in fact, no, Ari, they're a good man. Uh, personally, he's a stand-up fella. My sister was his roommate for a while. Yeah. His kids are cute. He's cute with his kids. That's right. They are very cute. Anyway, good guy. Excellent rapper. Very talented. From Long Island. A whole thing. All right. Anyway, guys, welcome to Pink Okami Sluts. Uh, it is I, Bunny, and I'm joined by my pals, Marlo and Steve. We're coming to you live on this real Good Friday. That's well, right. I mean, it's live now. <laughs> it won't be live when they listen. To well, it. yeah, yeah. I know. They know, too. <laughs> they know how podcasts work. But yes, uh, what we are recording on this here, the Orthodox Good Friday, which is, of course, the real one. Uh, I'm so sad. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so sad. We're, not till tomorrow night, but yes. Ali Foss. Ali Foss and Nasty. It's crazy to me, though. Uh, truly, this is the first time in my lifetime that I know uh, we're not holding a full fake funeral for Jesus outside, which is something I've participated in many times uh, in Greek town in Baltimore growing up. Um, when you say fake funeral, is it like like a passion play or is it like a modern day funeral that you're? It is like the is? full funeral ceremony, uh, but done to a. Uh, floral pyre with an icon on it. So wow. you, you do uh, 
the same thing. I mean, there's some traditions we don't do for every funeral now that were part of the whole thing back right. in the day. Like the the big thing, if you live around a, a Greek town or someplace that they're doing an Orthodox Easter situation, they'll do a funeral walk uh, around the block, at least, of the church, singing the funeral song uh, with a big icon of Jesus on a floral pyre that the OGLs, the old Greek ladies, have been decorating all week. Usually, that's usually what's happening. And like, it's pretty much the only ritual I still ever participate in. And I I am surprised how bummed I am that it's uh, not an option, you know? But anyway, do yourselves a favor. Look up that spooky Greek Orthodox funeral song that we also sing on Good Friday about memories being eternal. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's a scary song, to be honest, but very comforting for me personally because I grew up with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm like, should I have tried to get a lamb? Like, it's it, this is just really sad, uh, you know, not so much for me personally, but for everybody I know who this is a way bigger deal in their life. This is a huge disruption that they're not able to do the big Greek Easter situation. <laughs> it's crazy. More like my small, skinny Greek Easter. <laughs> <laughs> potential, potential show title. <laughs> anyway, guys, why don't we pivot from Greek Easter into uh, Dr. Oz, the menace that is attacking America. Uh, of course, that's connected because Dr. Oz is a dirty Turk. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's primarily that's what, only racist how you, in Germany yes only racist in Germany it is um, frankly uh, woke coming from a Greek so uh, you know do with that what you will speaking uh, to, to an imperial power anyway Dr. Oz he said he was okay with the appetizing idea of just 2-3% of children dying I believe he walked it back a little bit. For the Turks, uh, children dying is a wedding. <laughs> children dying is a <laughs> wedding for the Turks. Wait. <laughs> but yeah, um, we've got the competing uh, Oprah doctors all trying to kill us at the same time. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, I have my weird thing that I've gone off on about Dr. Phil, but no one cares about but me which is the dude's clearly a research psychologist if you look at his history with Oprah. Mm -hmm. um, well, he is not an MD. Yeah, he's not a therapeutic shrink because Oprah originally hired him as an expert witness when she got sued. That's how he met Oprah. Wait, sued about the beef? Yeah, the beef thing. Oh, man. Yeah, Oprah did a story on mad cow disease, I think, and was like, well, I'm never buying beef again. And then the beef industry is like, oh, you heard our business because you're so popular. So they sued her and she hired Dr. Phil as an expert witness. I'm not sure in what capacity he was an expert witness, but that is how Oprah and Dr. Phil met. Oh, man. So I'm curious if, like, Dr. Phil has, like, papers out that are relevant to getting sued by the beef industry like that, that, like, her lawyers went and researched and were like, oh, we should get this guy. 
<laughs> we got to get this guy. He knows how to talk to the beef people. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why Doctor Phil is an expert witness for beef-related lawsuits, and it's been something I've always been curious about. <laughs> if any of the fans can like let us in, yeah, I'm sure I could figure it out in like 20 seconds of googling. But so he wants both Doctor Phil and Doctor Oz want us to go. Yeah, they want to... us to die. <laughs> they want us to die. Have made that. Clear. Well, there's been a big push in the last week. Yeah, uh, I think Florida's opened their beaches back already. Yeah, Florida, uh, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, like a couple hours ago. A couple hours ago, they opened the beaches back up, uh, and people went. For Good Friday. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. All the, well, the Denise Anesti, they said. That's right. There yeah, are a lot correct. of Greeks in Florida. For the flaming cheese. Yeah, Saganaki. Yeah, the flaming cheese. I was listening to Stav talk about it earlier today. Yeah, yeah the Saganaki thing. Mm -hmm. I just assume Saganaki's awesome. It's great. You light it on fire, you eat it. It's wonderful. We've got a lot of good grilling cheese. We got halloumi. You know, it's it's a good time. Uh, it's a sad it's a sad time for all the Greek people who usually cook like way too much this week. Who are they going to feed it all to? They're just dropping it off. I know. I know these old Greek ladies. They're firebombing their families with food. Yeah. Uh, we can make this for premium content, but I just want to say every time I've played a chess game while recording one of these episodes, I fucking <laughs> and have like premium content. Marlo discusses his chess games while he's recording the podcast. <laughs> you gotta make that like a video content. Yeah, you gotta sure. yeah. Yeah, let us see the board. We gotta see the board. Yep. All right. All right. These doctors are trying to kill us. I'm worried. I mean, I am worried that people are gonna feel pressured to go back to work too soon. Um, I'm also like. It's too soon already, I think, that I need to be telling people, shut the hell up. Don't do anything. Like, it's not... Most people I know are not employed in a capacity where their job is an emergency. They're, the lack of production in their specific area, really not important, you know? But uh, I am seeing... A lot of people, you know, they don't want to dwell. They don't want to think about these things. A lot of people are mad about this small business situation. The money's gone. There's no more money for the small businesses uh, with this stimulus. You know, well-known small businesses like Ruth Chris Steakhouse and Shake Shack have gotten uh, money in the small business stimulus. And... Uh, what I've seen, which has been an interesting take, is uh, actual owners of small business who are a little bit in that bubble where they're kind of conservative because they have a mistaken idea about where their money comes from. They are blaming the Democrats for the running out of money for the small businesses. They're, they're blaming uh, that bitch, Nancy Pelosi. And I want to share a very fun QAnon adjacent, I think, take I saw on a to someone I know who owns a small business in Baltimore was complaining about this situation and someone commented, it's that bitch Pelosi's doing. And I quote, because come on, what kind of rich 80 year old keeps working? 
question mark. Wait, what? Uh, what kind of rich 80-year-old keeps working? Implying that if you're 80 years old and wealthy and you insist on working, that you will have a nefarious lizard people I kind mean, of. Honestly, I kind of agree with that. To an it, it doesn't not make sense, so I wanted to share it and here. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, no, all, all the Congress people, I mean, sure, Bernie or whatever, but like, all the Congress people, you have to have a level of sociopathy or you're just serving your own class interest to that extent to continue to put yourself out there at that age. Well, yeah, because it's not like it's not like Nancy Pelosi's out here. Like, like I am like standing up for a specific stupid uh, time to bring that up or example of that. But. Yeah, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, if she was a normal person, would, like, be playing with her grandkids. Mm -hmm. Well, also, it wasn't, you know, as much as we want the Democrats to be criticized, uh, it wasn't the Democrats who decided um, actual small businesses shouldn't get money and the Shake Shacks should necessarily. And I don't even think this person uh, that was posting about it even had any grasp of that's what was actually happening. But it is interesting how these light QAnon things have leaked into people who think they're normal, at least. I've seen a lot of, well, why would this person do something unless... And um, a lot of it just goes back to this idea and the idea, I want to remind everyone, the overarching idea being that the DNC was too corrupt to reform. So a secret agent Donald Trump had to infiltrate the GOP and secretly do some shit, which is supposed to reveal like pedophiles and stuff. But where are they? Yeah, I mean, the whole thing where there's a kernel of truth to conspiracy theories. And I mean, there's the famous quote that anti-Semitism is the socialism of fools. And that can be kind of extended to all conspiracy theories are in many ways the socialism of fools. And I mean, what it gets down to is, yeah, things are screwed up. So people look for reasons and other people can divert those reasons into harmless side plots that don't actually get to the heart of the problem, but keep those people occupied. And um, yeah, no, there's absolutely a valid point to be made that like, what the hell is it that these people are just at 80 years old continuing to work and continuing to be in Congress? Why are they doing that? It's not because of any like, grand conspiracy it's uh just basically serving their class interests well also nancy pelosi needs to stay deep in them ice creams uh right. apparently right. <laughs> yeah, no i mean i guess if it makes more sense to you that like she's continuing to work at this age because like she's peddling children for epstein i guess sure um that's not true and it's not a necessarily useful road to go down but um 
Yeah. Well, I just I just love the lack of a through line when I see these things casually thrown about because it's just easy for some people to hate that bitch, Nancy Pelosi, in this weird abstract way, but they don't think about like how is she connected to me not getting what I'm supposed to get, you know? I don't know why I'm being so cagey. There is like zero percent this person will ever listen to this podcast. This person owns uh, a non-essential business. Let me tell you, it is a tanning salon, okay? <laughs> so, like, the sheer monstrous absurdity of someone who owns a tanning salon getting um, angry that they're not able to get the small business stimulus, et cetera. Oh, and then to doing tanning salons after, like, 2012. Um, no, they just taxed <laughs> them and... This tanning salon, yes, Celine Dion did stop by recently when she was touring. <laughs> I remember when Snooki came out against Obama. Oh, yeah, for the tanning salon. Uh, for taxation of tanning salons. I, I remember watching that episode going, this is fucking wrong. <laughs> Snooki was like, don't vote for Obama, vote for Romney 2012 because Obama is pushing a tanning salon tax, which she's obviously very invested yes, in. Yeah. Uh, wonder if she has a cameo. <laughs> Get her to say things. We can, yeah. How how far? What can you ask uh, someone to do on cameo? I guess they, they, they set the perimeters. They, yeah, they have their own it. parameters and reserve the right to just say like no. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, famously, well, that video of uh, Jeff Love from Tiger King uh, saying like "Workers of the World Unite" was absolutely a cameo video. That's why he said it. He's not a Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, whatever she's comfortable with, she'll say for whatever. <laughs> whatever her price is, Snooky, we're looking. We're looking to to order a cameo from you. I don't know. Um, what do we think about these protests? The the protests that are cropping up. The protests up. of the people yeah. who are like, please kill us sooner. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's fucking superstructure for you. Or ideology or whatever the fuck yeah i would i would say ideology if you're looking at um neoliberalism as a revolution this is most definitely the counter-revolution i mean it's insane uh that people are begging to but i mean at the same time it's not insane because that's the incentive structures they have and that's what's gonna i'm still curious as to what exactly they want uh, to, uh, to go to like I, is it that they are so invested in their job as part of their identity wow. or yeah, no it's an identity in i mean it's it's the I- consumerism as yeah. an identity I, i'd say it's far more consumerism as an identity than it is whatever they're like well, no, whatever job they do because that the, their slogans are all like this selfless like Auto work and like you know it's this whole like fucking death cult of obsession with needing to work to like make yourself justified in the world, which is a whole fucking set of terribleness already of how capitalism just completely fucks you up and destroys yourself as itself while also raising individuality as a great ideal. Um, yeah, sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I hate those people and feel bad for them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people who, you know, I've seen a lot of clips of just people crying because they couldn't go buy something, you know? It was like some specific item that really bothered them that they like felt like they couldn't go out and buy. And I just, I don't know. Am I crazy to feel like we don't need to shut down very long for people to freak the fuck out? Like, yes, it's scary and there's no definitive end in sight and et cetera, but it really, like... You know, I feel like people were already saying this five days in. <laughs> so I don't know. I think there's the same energy I felt that there were people who wanted things to shut down because I felt like they wanted a break. I feel like there's a similar energy of we're mad. We want to break things. And like they, there's no real rhyme or reason to it, you know, and the things they're breaking are themselves. <laughs> so I guess we'll see. I, I am amazed and, you know, kind of admiring the American spirit of just because I want to go out and buy stuff, the virus probably won't bother me. Like, I, you know, that confidence people seem to have uh, right now. And the, the hoaxes. I mean, the hoaxes kind of mix into that in a, in a way. Oh, yeah. The hoax theories plus the invincibility argument. It really captures that. And and also, Trump is honestly avoiding all responsibility. He's magicking for himself. I mean, it's it's either the, the governor's fault or it's China's fault. I mean, he's got, yeah, no, he's got an no, easy I mean, playbook. He, he, of course, he's doing this and he should keep doing this because it's worked for him. And the thing in politics that doesn't work is apologizing all the time and then taking a fucking DNA test and then apologizing for the DNA test, apology on the DNA. Better thing to do is Trump just going, yeah, no, this isn't my fault. Fuck it. Fuck you. It's all of your fault. What, what's the, the Veep quote? The yeah, never-ending yeah, never ending sorry? sorry. <laughs> I mean, that is like <laughs> the Democrats to a T and then they want like a pat on the back for having dignity or playing by the rules that no one gives a fuck. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's almost always like they want congratulations about adhering to the rules. And it's always the rules that are, one, the easiest to meet and, like, the most arbitrary. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, I, I'm very rarely, like, excited that they followed some rules that were important for the safety of people. Citations needed essentially the John Stewart effect of thinking that Pointing out hypocrisy somehow means you've won something. When in fact mm -hmm. it doesn't, it just means you pointed out hypocrisy and nothing else changes. And uh, yeah, Trump is proving that to us. Yeah, fine. We know he's an abject liar. Everyone knows that. No one gives a shit about it. And it's been working for him this entire time. And I don't see why he's doing it now. He's literally getting to the end of his first term and could not tell you gun to his head what the president does. No, like, I mean, his answer would be managing his answer a business. would be whatever the fuck I'm doing because I'm still president, bitch. Yeah, like essentially. By definition, um, what I'm doing is what a president does. What's funny to me about Trump is that there are a lot of wealthy people who want to set themselves apart from somebody like Donald Trump, right? right. And... 
in reality, I feel like Donald Trump is such a crystallization of what rich people are kind of told how they operate in terms of like, oh, yeah, it, it's all about spinning things. It's all about like whatever, because in a rich person's life, there's very little like material consequence for anything. So everything is about like how you can spin it in the moment because nothing else actually matters for these people. So it's like very funny to me when I see wealthy people try to be like, oh no, he's like not of us when Wait, it's but such that's the reason everyone likes him. Yeah. I mean the reason people like him is because That's why anybody likes any rich people though. Like right. let's get real. Well, yeah, rich people suck. People mostly don't like rich people. <laughs> Like people yeah, because like they fucking suck. Donald they're Trump lean. Because if they they're weak. Donald Trump goes on professional wrestling, which is what these people like. <laughs> Donald Trump has a gold. Hey, 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 hey. Don't these people. Okay. I'm a stand-up which comic. Is, Those okay, are my people, sorry, too. Let me just say. By these people, I mean <laughs> we all people of America who are outside <laughs> of the ultra-billionaire class. Um... Trump has a gold-plated toilet because that's literally the first anyone says when it's like, oh, if I had a billion dollars, yeah, I'd get a gold-plated toilet. Why? Because it's fucking stupid and I can. Um, and there's an appeal. What people don't like is Bloomberg buying out a fucking billboard in Nevada or whatever going Donald Trump cheap. People don't like that because... Um, that sounds dumb, and I don't play golf, and fuck you. Um, and, yeah, no, like, billionaires try and, like, just argue about Donald Trump that he's gauche, or that he's, like, yeah, that he's gone. Which is so hilarious to me, because... And it's like, yeah. That entire well, thing like, is predicated upon investing in their fucking culture and world yeah, they're, they're in the first place. Like, yeah, they have this like noblesse largesse or whatever the fuck the phrase is about like how a like the walls of chivalry by which would carry themselves in the world. And Donald about that and most other people don't care about that. The only compelling reason I've heard all week as why you should vote against Donald Trump, you know, other than like he's an insane person, et cetera. The real, like why you should get your dick hard to vote for Biden is because uh, Hunter Biden's much better than both of the Trump sons. What? In terms of like being fucking cool as okay, shit. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that neither Don Jr. or Eric would ever be cool yeah, enough to Hunter do. Yeah, Hunter Biden is the Donald Trump to Trump's sons <laughs> being Biden. Don Jr. and Eric Trump are Bloomberg type. And uh, Hunter Biden is the Donald Trump of the sons. Yeah, I mean, Hunter Biden's cool as shit. Joe Biden kind of sucks. Um, All right, but he can suck more. And that gets to my next point about the ways in which he yeah. can win against Donald Trump. He can win, but he can then really win by outflanking Trump on the that's right. Basically, that's right. 
Well, how soon do you think he'll make a VP pick and how will that shape? Again, I'm going to stick with my last week prediction that it's going to be a, a white conservative woman. Um, yeah, Klobuchar. I mean, they were talking about people that were economic specialists in a rumor mill that was passed around the hill earlier, but I don't believe that. Well, that's just because people want Warren to be the pick because people have a like complete fantasy that one um, Warren had any kind of like good relationship with the Obama administration in the first place in terms of this specific shit. And they think it'll like draw in people or whatever. Uh, I, I, I had to disabuse many people of the notion because um, a lot of people were getting like putting up this narrative of, uh, oh, yeah, like they should pick Liz Warren and she'll like pull Biden left and, um, you know, she'll tax the billionaires and like, you know, and she'll be able to do it without all that toxicity or whatever. Like, that you know, one, this is an argument that completely ignores uh, the allegations against uh, Biden. But it's like uh, as soon as she came on board, um when she wasn't just a professor anymore, the Obama administration fought her on everything uh, to the point where Rahm Emanuel described her as pissing in their face <laughs> at every turn. All these like fucking Warren stands, quote unquote, out here. I have no idea this even happened. They think that like, oh yeah, like Warren and like Obama were like total BFFs. And I'm like, no, no, no. Part of this was to squash Bernie's momentum, but also Obama under no circumstances wanted an Elizabeth Warren situation. I'm partial to those arguments. Like Obama administration. Yeah. And they like they continue Obama loved Wall Street. Yeah, they continuously use the excuse, oh, we need her in the Senate, which is, like, always a bullshit excuse. It's never... She's a senator from fucking Massachusetts. Someone else who's a Democrat can win Massachusetts. It's not a guaranteed yeah. seat, but, like, it's a pretty strong seat, and you get a Republican from Massachusetts. They're generally a Romney type. No one needs Elizabeth Warren in the Senate. They don't like Elizabeth Warren, and they never did. Well, and then, like, what's frustrating for me is that, like, they don't like Elizabeth Warren for every single point about her that you could argue is arguably progressive or leftist in any context. Right. Like, those are specifically the things they hate about her are those things. So it's, yeah, no, like, it's not like Biden's saying, yeah, Elizabeth Warren, she really walked back Medicare for all. I don't know if I can trust her. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, it's frustrating because I'm like, the people who are like, I loved Warren so much and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, for them not to see that the fix was in also against Warren, like. I don't know about the into i do no 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 i do like this is like where i'm drawing a point i really do i think it's that extreme that not only was there a coordinated effort to squash bernie's momentum but the fact that there was no coalescing behind elizabeth warren as a more milk toast version of these things whatsoever shows me the intensity of the opposition to even the mildest form of these things within the democratic party it's crazy to me 
the stories people tell themselves about who the Democrats are and what they stand for and whatever, I'm like, I've just been shown 80 different ways this past like year that uh, they're not any of these things. And even if you put it in a little like neoliberally credentialed package like an Elizabeth Warren, they're going to be like, nope, nope, not at all. We're not even doing this. Not even a little bit. What's irritating to me is that Warren supporters didn't see that. They didn't see that like the Obama and the blah, blah, blah of the party organized against their candidate as well. doesn't see that or she doesn't care. I don't know if uh, which it is. It's just like I feel like there are smarter people around these candidates or like not even smarter. I don't want to make a value judgment, but like more savvy about how the wind is blowing around these candidates. I mean, and it just it, seems like Warren could have maybe done better if she actually did disabuse herself that uh, she has real allies within liberalism and just go for broke, but she's never going to do that because, frankly, she's a liberal herself. Uh, like, I don't know what Looking at her as is. a human, like, I don't know. I just, I spent this past year talking to so many people who are not invested in the, in politics as it exists. Like, all these things where I talked to a lot of people who, yeah, I heard of Elizabeth Warren, you know, where it's just this tangential idea of a politician to so many people who are potential voters. Like, I don't know. I just think like the little upstarty kind of Warren supporters I ran into, they're smart enough to be able to put the fucking pieces together. Look, I'm nice, like, guys. I mean, okay, here's where I'm like just questioning you about the fix was in with Warren and shit. Like, she she never had a goddamn chance. Like there there never was a moment where she was the more electable Bernie Sanders because she never was doing better than Bernie Sanders. Do you, yeah, but do you think if she had the support of more moderates, like do you think if people told that story better for her, well, I think that would have that I think it would have worked. Like I do. I think it would have worked. I think she. But, like, I mean, what Fair. happened was she actually went for broke for the moderates. She had her terrible goddamn not Medicare for all, Medicare for all thing. And her support completely collapsed because the only people she was convincing with that story were other potential supporters who were like, oh, maybe she is the more electable Bernie. And then they realized, oh, no, she's not. She never yeah, I, I mean, okay. her, she never brought anyone over to her side. Yeah, her theory for the case was unity amongst two things that wanted yeah. opposite things. Yeah, the, like her theory of the case was to run light economic populist, whatever you want to call that, with cultural virtue signal. I mean, not even cultural. Like, that's what she did. I mean, I guess. The, I guess, right wing of progressivism that is more or less arguing that we can uh, use our identities and representation in order to yeah, gain I mean, I political power. More of a and selling point on this, like, smart technique, where it's just like, oh, I'm going to be so smart, everyone's going to have to agree with me because we live in a meritocracy and those two things are correlated. 
<laughs> yes, I, no, I, that's a big I part agree. of her, the person, and the people who supported her is like a steadfast but, belief but that, oh, is if I show them I've got more plans and I'm smarter and et cetera, obviously people will coalesce. Never happens. Right, right. She was the Hermione Granger, the yeah. overzealous student. Uh, the person that did the most homework. And part of that homework was the technocratic, cynical use of call it identity politics or cultural left or whatever you want to call it that doesn't have any like class theory to it, but generally says, well, if I identify as an oppressed race or if I identify, you know, very strongly with my gender then that will bring about political power and she ran that like far and away more than Bertie did maybe not as much as kamala did but pretty dang hard her idea was to be giving enough economic nibbles with a whole heavy dose of identity and those two things were two different wings that always conflicted because they wanted different things and nobody ended up liking her. Look, a lot of people ended up liking her. Unfortunately, they were all people within blue states that didn't vote yet. I mean, a lot <laughs> of people ended up liking her compared to the number of people on this podcast. Well, yeah. Uh, well, a lot of people who... No, no, no. Election. And let me be fair. Very no, let me be fair. A lot of people who have consistent professional work in media or entertainment loved her, okay? I ran into it. A I mean, lot I, of people who had better I, jobs than me thought she was absolutely the better choice and were felt very open to speak down to me about it. I drive around Park Slope and I see New York for Warren posters and people's walls, like more than any other candidate. They're just still there like antiques that they want to like bow down to and remember the good old days of war in 2020 before the white man came in before the pale skin <laughs> came in before the pale skin septuagenarian patriarchs took over and told a woman yeah, that she no, couldn't she, be president so like fucking the pastures of her land spread out as far as the eye can see and and the white man came and took it all away. Uh, and she shed a single tear. Also cool. secretly Italian. I'm going to put oh, yeah, that out no, there. Yeah, that dude was, uh, <laughs> Italian as fuck. Oh, my and, God. And if I, Elizabeth as, Warren turned out to be secretly Italian, it would be... Uh, I would love it. I would, oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> I could oh also God. easily turn this into an um, entire recap uh, podcast for the Sopranos episode, Columbus Day. Um, that's all it. That's the only episode of Sopranos I ever want to talk about. <laughs> one. I hate the That's, uh, that's uh, I love. I love hating on Columbus as a uh, polenta eating. <laughs> oh God, it's such a good episode. It, it, it is considered uh, one of the worst episodes by fans. I'm sure, but it's one of the best. I literally just want to play it anytime somebody even thinks that they should talk about Italian Americans not being white. Oh, God. Play the episode, please. <laughs>
Just absolutely. So going back to Biden, what do you think is the first thing that Biden is going to betray the left on and try to outflank Trump on the right? Trump's going to like Chinese food too much. And uh, Biden's going to make an offhand. uh, Yeah, he's he's not going to. But it's going to be classic. Biden doesn't realize it's racist, but it is. Oh, yeah, no. Kind of kind of gaff. You know, we're going to get some real old school gaff. Biden uh, uses the term oriental gaff because I feel like there must be. You know, on the way back from Mumbai to go meet with President Xi in China, I stopped in Singapore to meet with a guy named Lee Kuan Yew, who most foreign policy experts around the world say is the most the wisest man in the Orient. The wisest man in the Orient. The wisest man in the Orient. Okay, I oh also I want to use this episode, episode seven, to put it out there. My theory that uh Joe Biden has definitely said the word Johnny more than once. Wait, <laughs> what was that? That is like definitely and it's like i definitely feel as if there are at least multiple instances of a joe biden casually describing oh, yeah, something I mean, as being anyway saying, I we were <laughs> biden did in fact refer to asia as the orient i don't know that he ever referred to asian but there are multiple stories from 2014 where he referred to Asia as the Orient. I have an intuitive feeling as though there are uh, multiple instances of, of a Joe Biden describing things or people as being like or akin to a jungle bunny. Uh, it just seems like a weird, arcane, uh, racist thing that I feel like he didn't say necessarily super recently, but too recently, you know? It, I mean, I, I feel like Joe Biden's probably got some, uh, what, from my personal standpoint, would be the kind of things I would associate with my Canadian family, where once in a while they would say something weirdly semi-racist, but because it's Canadian, it's, like, not really grounded in my reality. So you just, what? I mean- <laughs> I don't know. Like, look at what 70s and 80s Joe Biden even just looked like. And I feel like you can kind of just hear the words he said in back rooms. Yeah. I mean, he's got the slick back, yuppie mullet. Yeah, he casually dropped multiple slurs, uh, which were only eclipsed by how he spoke about female colleagues. Anyway, anyway. Alzheimer's progresses, he's going to say a lot of fun words. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of old timers, <laughs> did you guys see Noam Chomsky? Yeah, he says this every goddamn election. I yeah, know, this is, this I is know. Uh, all the time. Yeah, no. he said to vote for Kerry back in 2004. I remember. And the only reason to vote for Kerry was because of. The smoking hot uh, Teresa Hines carry. Um, that's a personal argument, uh, not co-signed by my by the yeah. entire podcast. I mean, but no, okay. What I'm ta- listeners, what I'm talking about is uh, Noam Chomsky. Uh, we're 
he made the argument again that you should vote for the Democrat, et cetera. But specifically, he did compare people unwilling to vote for Biden to the social Democrats who wouldn't align against the Nazis. What do you make of the never Biden movement? It also brings up some memories. The early 30s in Germany, the Communist Party, following the Stalinist line at the time, uh, took the position that everybody but us is a social fascist. So there's no difference between the Social Democrats and the Nazis. So therefore, not we're not going to join with the Social Democrats to stop the Nazi plague. But we know where that led. Okay. And I just say, if we're so smart, we know so much about Nazis, why hasn't anyone done what needs to be done? You know, I don't want to hear all this bullshit. <laughs> no one's going gonna... like, to... the Weimar Republic wasn't exactly a mountain of stability able to hold the Nazis down. Yeah, we can all complain about, was it Thaler was the leader of the KPD? Chomsky does this all the time. I, I trust that he's an anarchist, but he's one of the lamest anarchists outside of his like books and shit. He always does this. He does. That is true. Anyway, I don't have any other news except to ask if either of you have listened to the new Fiona Apple album. It's worth it. I don't know if it appeals to two gentlemen as yourself to the same degree as it does to me, a slightly older lady. Uh, But I love her and I highly recommend it. Working my way through Rugged Man right now. Yeah. Look, also, yeah. If if you leave this podcast with nothing else, please listen to my friend Ari the Rugged Man's new album, All My Heroes Are Dead, or that new Fiona Apple. It's very good. You'll hear about it. All right. Come on um, the show. It'll be an awkward interview you won't enjoy. <laughs> Look, uh, I could definitely most likely get Ari the Rugged Man to do our podcast. We would just have to actually plan something because he's not going to do any research to do a podcast. Fair. Look, Ari's done all kinds of fucking like uh, YouTube crazy people's shows and stuff just because they asked him because he's a good dude. Yeah. Funny. Once this is over. That uh, old bay hot sauce. Hell yeah. Look, if I ever get to go to Baltimore again, <laughs> this is a real sad time for me because typically I do go back for Greek Easter is kind of my bag. I go back, I go to Greek town, I stay up late and I go to church and I do a whole thing. And I, it is, I don't do it every single year, but I've done it most years, even though I'm a fucking dirty, dirty heathen who um, barely takes communion. <laughs> uh, I am super sad to like not be able to uh, do my Greek Easter stuff. Also, we set off fireworks and shit. It's like awesome. We eat a ton. We set off fireworks. Well, isn't, isn't that one town? Don't they have like a firework fight? Mm-hmm. That um, is true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Though I should, I should shout out uh, Greek uh, Greeks in Greece. Uh, they were able to handle the pandemic rather well. They're getting celebrated for it, even though they have a chronically understaffed uh, health system. But here's the secret. Greece is full of insular island and mountain villages. 
it's it wasn't that hard. And also, they love a nap. Uh, there, there's not a scenario where I could see Greeks being like, "I gotta go to the Best Buy." Like, they, you know, they're they're fine to stay home and drink their wine. Congrats, Greeks, for not fucking it up despite not having all the resources. I will say that. I hope everyone got the point earlier on that Dr. Oz is a dirty Turk. I just want to make sure I hit that <laughs> before we wrap up. Well, the, the best part about Dr. Oz saying it was uh, good to kill children was that he said it was appetizing. And um, pandemic is like wedding for Turks. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Yes, that's the only joke I want. I could do a whole season of what what things are like weddings for Turks. Um, (laughs) uh, I just hope one day angry Turk Twitter gets a hold of this podcast. That's that's actually how we uh, get fairness is we as all right wing Turkish nationalists. So uh, yeah, Erdogan is like woman. Uh, He's weak. Uh, he is weak, like woman. <laughs> uh, Turks are nothing but Muslim Greeks. Your entire nationality is the sick man of Europe. That is all the thing. Are not the continuation of the Roman Empire. All your food is uh, food of other people. Mustafa Turk was uh, an alcoholic and a. <laughs> heretic, Kufar, actually, who didn't even believe in your own religion, uh, is a great religion. Sunni Islam is wonderful, but you guys uh, worship a bastardized version of it. Come at me, gray wolves. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Both the Chapo listeners and the Turkish. Uh, Free Kurdistan. Mm -hmm. Free Kurdistan. That's right. And also free Cyprus. I don't. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, absolutely free Cyprus. I'm uh, making, I'm making macaroni to forno once a week in these pandemic times. Making a lot of Greek food, guys. Oh God, I am, I am sadly in touch with what a amazing housewife I would have been in another life. Uh, well, me and my mom's yogurt projects have, in fact, uh, progressed to uh, tzatziki. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, hell no, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty banging. <laughs> All right. Uh, Suzuki, that is an ideal way to, to end this on uh, the real Good Friday, the Great Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, it's Pinko Kami Sluts. Uh, join our Patreon. I guess like and subscribe us. We're getting shared to more of the podcast places. So I We're hope we'll be an it. Apple next week um we're on twitter pinko sluts uh i'm bunny themelis at bunny themelis i'm at pinko steve hell yeah i'm marlo find me yeah just find him uh and i don't know send us a question uh none of us have made any sourdough so but i am actually starting um (laughs) another jar of sauerkraut tomorrow Hell yeah. As well as a fermented ginger garlic paste that was recently featured on Bon Appetit's YouTube channel. So <laughs> we discuss how that goes. We love living food yeah. here at the Pink Okami Sluts podcast. So. All right. All right, guys. Uh, love you. See you. Bye. Stay alive. Bye. <laughs>